We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show Friday Fives episode. I believe this is number 540. We're recording this after a disappointing loss, but I would like to start the show, Scott. Two, two of five. I know. I know what you're going to say. I don't need you to say it. I already know what you're going to say. Okay, what two am I going to say? Two of my five bold predictions are now done. Mm-hmm. One We're and a half. Not even one month through the season. One and a half. One and a half. Because Nick Nelson still has an opportunity to come back and light the world on fire. Yep, but uh, one and a half, one month into the season, and the Yankees have lost three games to the Orioles. Unacceptable, especially after uh, how this series went down with the debacle on Monday, which we recorded in episode four. If you didn't check that out, Scott, you had an epic rant uh, on Boone and just the Yankees' just utter lack of fundamentals, which is another takeaway we'll have here. But uh, the 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 getaway day today, a loss in extra innings. He got Tyler Wade on the roster who's here because Talkman's no longer here. And Tyler Wade can't bunt. I don't that's the know, most quite know how that's like, possible. I I have I have spoken my piece about Tyler Wade and I and and I I people t- misconstrue what I say about him, but the reason I, I say that I like him in a position is because I like him as the last guy on the bench to run the bases, play defense, and bunt. <laughs> But if you can't bunt, if you can't do anything of the play, like serviceable, just sacrifice your body for the ball. What I mean, the form was awful. The execution was awful. Terrible. The approach was 
awful. Terrible. Everything about it was just terrible, and it was embarrassing. Tyler Wade cannot hit major league pitching. I've never said he could, but I tweeted like legitimately. I'm not even. I'm. I'm not. I'm being dead serious. Only practice bunting. That's it. Defense, bunting, running bases. That's it. That's it. When when people are taking batting practice, you take bunting practice. That's what you do every single time. Like just be filthy at bunting. But no, he can't even be serviceable. That's embarrassing. I don't understand his, at this point, it's only because there's no other shortstop. That's why he's here. That's the reason he's here. Yeah, there's no excuse for, there's really no excuse for any, I always equate it to an NBA player who can't hit a free throw. It's like, how do you get to the NBA level and not be able to hit a free throw at a decent enough level? I'm not expecting you to be Ray Allen hitting 99% of your free throws, but don't give me like 60% or something like that. Well, the difference is, is you can be, seven feet tall, not hit a free throw, but you're seven feet tall. So you can do the things that nobody else can do because you're seven feet tall there. You have a physical gift that's different than everybody else. And you are, you are just, you are blessed with the right. height of a big man. And Tyler when it Wade, comes to baseball, Tyler players. Wade is not that Tyler Wade is not that he is. He has the gift to run and the, the ability to get down the base path quickly. So bunt, learn how to bunt because even if they're expecting it, it actually might be a difficult out and probably a higher percentage of you getting on base than swinging away at this point. Yeah. And I know a lot of players, apparently not. I know a lot of players, the sack bunt for them is actually harder than bunting for a base hit. And then to that, I say, fine, then just try and bunt for a base hit and it'll hopefully get the runner over. But what he did up there, which was basically close his eyes and hope the ball hits the bat and goes down the third baseline is, is, is just unacceptable. And then once there's two strikes on him after the first two attempts, you saw him with those first two attempts, you got to take the bunt off because What's his batting average? Like 150? That's better than him getting the bunt down at that point. You can point. still roll a ball over to the right side. And right. he's a, a lefty bat. You roll a ball over to the right side and you get the job done. Yeah, I'm, I'm much... So I, it's just... It's just it goes, balls from it goes back to Aaron Boone not knowing what the hell he is doing. He doesn't have a feel for the game that's happening in front of his eyes. Maybe he had a feel for it in 2018. He lost a little bit of that. They kept sucking it out of him and sucking it out of him. And right now he is a he is just a shell of himself. He doesn't, he's afraid to make decisions. He has to consult with people. And then that challenge at the end of the game, which had no chance of getting overturned because they never freaking overturned those things, was just in reaction to what he did on Monday night. Not challenging. He just wanted to show people, hey, look, I can challenge right away. It was the last out of the game. You literally had nothing to nothing to lose. So yeah, fine. Great. Congratulations on challenging that play that had no chance. You asshole. That and also the last play of the game is a fly ball to uh, center field with Aaron Hicks, who can't throw the ball anymore. That's very clear. He's got nothing on it and... It was an abysmal throw up the line. It was there was no chance at happening. But let's let's look at that situation again now. There was a runner on third, no runner on first, no runner on second base, and probably the Orioles' best hitter up at the plate. I mean, you could you could make a uh, an argument that Mancini's their best hitter, but Mullins has been their hottest hitter. He's been killing the Yankees. Lefty bat going up against Loizaga. Why not walk him? Why not walk him? Put a put the force on. Put. A, I mean, he may just take second base. That's fine. Who cares? But you're you're at least getting to a better matchup with Hayes up next. At least you're going righty-righty at that point. 
and and you're giving uh, Loisiga a, a little more of an opportunity to get out of that. Look, it didn't work. It it should have been a closer play at home, but this is another opportunity of a little gamesmanship to like potentially put yourself in a better position, double to play get situation or something. Yeah, yeah, and and, no, and yeah, there it, was it, just there was nothing there. We're like, let's just let's just go. Let's yeah. just let's just go. Yeah, it's it's terrible. He's he's. He's just an awful in-game manager. There's no other way to put it. He's just an awful in-game manager who doesn't have a feel for what's happening. And it's losing the Yankees games. Okay, let's get to the takeaways from the week. The first one, Mike Talkman is no longer a New York Yankee. Traded to the San Francisco Giants for Wandy Peralta, a left-handed reliever, and a player to be named later. Love the the PTBNL. Oh, we always got to love that when, when that comes into a trade. But this this trade is came out of nowhere. It was a surprise. There's no doubt. I think it was a... It was a it was a shock. I'll say it was, it was especially knowing how the front office coveted uh, Mike Talkman. It's, yep. it was a shock. The uh, Yankees were shopping Mike Talkman in the off season and into spring training as they realized that they're going to have a 40 man roster crunch. And, but the price, the asking price that the Yankees were putting on Talkman was very high, too high for what he's produced at the major league level, which is essentially a six week hot stretch in 2019. He got his opportunity in 2020. He got, uh, how many, I, I put it in here. He had a uh, pretty regular playing time in 2020 when the Yankees had all those injuries and he hit 242 with a 79 OPS plus and zero home runs. So he had opportunity in 2020. He just didn't produce. He said he was banged up, I think. And then he came in this year and they haven't used him for anything except defense and pinch running. Yeah, it was. So they, they bolstered down. They got another left-handed uh, pitcher, relief pitcher that has options. So it gives them flexibility in the roster. But yeah, it was a 40-man problem. There's no doubt about it. They had too many goddamn outfielders out there. And they they needed another shortstop. They needed another player to play shortstop behind. It speaks to poor Blader. roster construction. That's why yes, absolutely Talkman does. was traded. It, yeah, This is a problem that should have been addressed much earlier than right now. And they were yeah. forced, almost almost forced into a situation to get rid of Talkman at at zero value at this point. Yep. They completely lost out on that. And and yeah, they got a middling lefty reliever that will probably do nothing for the New York Yankees. Once they re-signed Gardner, Mike Talkman had no place on this team. And it's a shame because I think Talkman, I agree with them. I think Talkman could be a decent fourth outfielder. He can play all the positions. He he's a very good base runner. And you know what I bet he can also do? I bet he can sack bunt. But the Yankees had no play. There's no room for a fifth outfielder, really. Uh, uh, in today's game, where you, especially in the American League, where you're not pinch hitting a bunch and all that stuff, there's just no place for Mike Talkman on this team. So they got a, a lefty reliever. Here's some good things on him. He's got a mid-90s fastball. He's a lefty reliever, and he's got a high ground ball rate of 50%. Here's the bad. In 192 career innings, he's got a 4.72 ERA and a 4.58 Sierra which is skill interactive ERA. It's just nerd ERA and a 10.8% walk rate. I don't know what this guy is. This is basically the equivalent of a bag of balls and some chewing gum for a player. And maybe the giants are thinking, Oh, Mike Talkman is a bag of balls and some chewing gum, but this is this, potentially this, a little bit more upside, potentially a little bit yeah, more I, upside. It, it gave people the, were upset about the option. People were upset. Well, of course they are because because the Yankees have spoken so highly of Mike Talkman and and had they did see that three or that month uh, you know however many weeks it was of him being Mike Trout and people saw a glimpse of like massive upside there that just hasn't shown itself again because it was enough for me to lose a bet which is really freaking annoying to be honest it's it's very annoying the fact that he hit the the amount of home runs in that small amount of time 
and like out of the blue pulled this out of his ass for me to enough to lose a bet uh, to at some point, uh, you know, have to have to proclaim Sonny Gray as my daddy in uh, at Yankee Stadium after I chugged a beer. You'll always have that memory. Yeah, but I mean, it's unbelievable how he put that together. And yes, I think that when you look at the value and, and how this came about, it's also because it was a direct, it was a direct result of not having another uh, shortstop on the on the roster. I believe that. I firmly believe that they needed to have a defensive, another player there to solve this defense in case something happened, because they would be in a very bad position if they didn't have someone to play backup shortstop if someone were to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I go back to the poor roster construction for this trade. Okay, what's up? All right. What's up next? Number two, Higgy has taken the starting job. That's yeah, a fact indeed. for now, for now. But yeah, I, so he, go ahead. you posed a question on Twitter. Hold on I a second. Was gonna you ask posed this, a question yeah. on Twitter that I thought was interesting enough to retweet. And I said, and you said, not me, I, you said it. Uh, did did Higgy take the job or did Sanchez, did Gary lose the job? And it's 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 an interesting question because I think it, it's both both sides have merit. Uh, I think overwhelmingly, in my opinion, though, Higgy took the job, and I think it's because he performed at a much superior level, not only in front of uh, with the bat in his hand because he has, and he's a much better receiver of the ball right now. And it's very clear that the pitchers on the New York Yankees, the starting pitchers, they like throwing to Higgy better, and if they admit that. Or not, that's out, I don't know. But the results absolutely say Higgy's a better receiver. He calls a better game. These guys throw better to Higgy. Bottom line, they're just winning more games. They're more productive. Well, that that fact can't be that, denied. That's happening. It's that the Yankees win more games when Higgy starts than when than Sanchez starts, uh, especially recently on this on this trip. Well, according to ex-Yankee Mike Talkman, everyone in the clubhouse loves Gary Sanchez. Uh, I don't know if you saw that on on Twitter, I guess Talkman liked a tweet bashing Sanchez and then some internet sleuth found it and then Talkman had to reply to it. But okay, so you say Higgy won the job. Do you put it, do you per, do a percent breakdown or is it just like, yep, Higgy won it or is there a percent breakdown? I think that what Boone is doing for who, whoever's pulling the strings at this point uh, is is saying that right now Cashman's hand is so far up at uh, right ass now. The job of the, of the New the York elbow. Yankees starting catcher is being played much better by, by Higgy. And that's, and that's where, that's where it is. So I, I the so then Sanchez like, partially matter. lost the job. It, well, I mean, if, if Higgy weren't playing well, then he wouldn't have lost the job doing the same thing. So what's the difference? Higgy played well, therefore he won the job. Okay. But I think if Sanchez were playing better, then he would not have lost the job. Okay. So <laughs> then you have to put some... Okay, here's how I break it down. 60% Higgy won, 30% Gary lost, 10% Garrett Boone's Cole won the job from oh. for Higgy by him being Garrett Cole's personal catcher and him basically putting so like having so much trust in Higgy Talking up Higgy so much that it's even Kluber's over there. Like you know what? It's worn into other pitchers. I want what that guy has, and it's worn into the broadcast booth because I don't know if you saw this today on on the broadcast. They did the yes did a side by side view, and and David Cohn was talking about how Gary receives the ball and how Higgy receives the ball. Higgy in his traditional crouch, Gary in his one knee down approach. And, and and David Cohn said, I would much prefer to throw to Higgy 
than I would Gary. It just looks like a better target in his massive glove. And I'm sitting there saying, okay, yeah, I, I buy that. It makes sense. But I go back to who told Gary Sanchez to do this. It's not Gary Sanchez saying, I want to do one knee down. Tanner Swanson and the Yankees have instructed Gary Sanchez to do this. So if that's not how the Yankees pitchers want to be receiving the ball, why are they instructing their catchers to do this? Because I'll go back to my conversation with Tanner. And if you haven't listened to it, you should definitely go back and listen to it because it is it, it speaks exactly to this. We talked about Higgy staying in that squat and the overwhelming reason why uh, or the overwhelming um, method and, and the reason for the method that, that Tanner teaches is having a guy, a catcher, comfortable in one spot, in one position, one position, receiving the ball in that position with with uh, you know a 0-0 count, with an 0-2 count, with a 3-2 count, depending on what ball is coming. Getting them in one comfortable in one position so that they're not going back and forth all over the place, it, that's what makes them receive the ball well, steal the strikes, the framing, because they're in the same position the entire time. That's the reason. So... Whatever the reason they got to um, Gary on one knee, clearly it was because, you know, him him in a deep squat wasn't working as well on particular pitches. Whatever the reason for, they they got to a conclusion and said, okay, this is better overall, and that's why we're going to do this. They said the opposite with Higgy. You're better in the squat. You're better in a deep squat. Stay there. Stay in that deep squat. And he that's what he does. So but if, it's not so necessarily what do you yes, attribute- the one knee is the is the is like the approach that they end up going with a lot more often. But if a guy is more comfortable in those other positions in a deep squat, then they stay with it. And that's what happened. So, so, okay. So the, the Yankees pitching staff has been better with Higgy as well. Like it's also small sample. Like everything's a small sample at this point still, but the Yankees, especially the starters have been better throwing to Higgy. And yeah, that's because he's always catching Garrett Cole and Garrett Cole is the best pitcher. But even if you take Garrett Cole out, I mean, Kluber had a great start. Domingo Herman had a great start. So, like, these pitchers are throwing better to Higgy. They're, uh, they're not getting every single pitch from the dugout. Like, the catcher's not getting every single pitch from the dugout. They're calling the game. No, no, I was going to ask you, is this because of how, like, Higgy's a better receiver? Is he a better game caller? Is it just random that they're, like, throwing to Higgy? Like, what is going on There's here? nothing random about this at all. One of the big reasons I was excited, one of the reasons I was excited for Garrett Cole, not only that he's the best pitcher in baseball, uh, some will argue uh, the other guy in Queens. Jacob DeGrom. They're, they're both right there. Got an argument, yeah. That's fine. They're both right there. But one of the one of the fringe reasons why him coming over was I was hopeful for was that it was going to be very good for Gary Sanchez as well because of the meticulous nature of Gary Cole. Wow, you, got, you nailed that one. It's going to run yeah. Gary oh, no, Sanchez no, no. out of town for this good. This was a hope that he was going to rub off and that there would be understanding that Garrett Cole demands this level of intensity, this level of preparation, this... All of these things that I would that I would have hoped that I was hoping was going to be good for Gary Sanchez to improve his craft as well. Obviously not the case. Obviously not what's happening right now. Higgy's the guy that is the student of the game more to a point that he's doing the things that Garrett Cole likes and is receptive to, and that that feeds into having a good rapport as a battery mate. So clearly that's happening. Um, but I, could, I, the other thing is is that yes, they're calling games so. Higgy's rated very high as a receiver. That's known. He's also calling a game clearly differently. The amount of the, the, the pitches in a different time, the amount of uh, change-ups that, that Kluber threw the other night, <clears throat> he's just, he's do, the game plan is 
potentially a little different. And I don't know. I don't well, know. I haven't, heard, no, no. Okay. I haven't heard guys talk about this as much. I know CC was outspoken about it, about how Gary calls a great game. And, and he was very outspoken, got, got his back on this. But there's no excuse for the game plan it, to be different, the, though. Show me the because, proof. Because there's meetings, pitchers meetings. Okay. Okay. Gary's in there. Higgy's in there. Why is there? They're calling the same game. That doesn't mean in a moment when you're in, in, on the baseball field calling this and you're in the moment and you're 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 reading the situation. So, so you're saying Higgy is making decisions on the fly based on what he's seeing from the pitcher and seeing that's, from the batters? Of course, that's what catchers do. They they call the game. Yes, there's influence from the dugout. They talk about it. They talk about the cadence. They have the meetings. But at the end of the day, it's not like it's a scripted thing all the time. The catchers no, are no, throwing No, no, there's nothing scripted, but there's game plans. Okay, we know to yes. this point this particular batter he can't hit change in a given well, situation so we're gonna, in we're a given situation but in a in a particular count with a runner on base if the shadows are doing a particular thing go this i'm not route. saying you're wrong i'm not and saying if you're you see wrong. something if you see something and you see a struggle if you're picking up on something go this route and a lot of this is then instinctual and it's and it's about the communication between the catcher and the pitcher in game and and tweaking said strategy in game in between throwing a sign down so that they're on the same page in the middle of an at-bat so you know what's happening, that communication. There's a lot of different things that happen in-game that cannot be uh, communicated and planned out in a pitcher's-catcher meeting during the during no, I, whenever I, they have them. Before I the know games. all that. You're not wrong. I just think that it's a little overblown. And, and, I, don't, and I, I don't think so at all. Okay. Well, All right, let's go to the next one. The next one is that Aaron Judge is sore from playing too much baseball and traveling. Yeah, they don't have pods in their planes. Isn't that, isn't that the, the overwhelming reason why why he has uh, problems right now? So they need the, pods the on their dude, planes. The dude was pulled in Tuesday's game. He did not play on Wednesday, and he started on Thursday and then pinch hit, struck out. He is now 0 for, set, 0 for 10 with seven strikeouts as a pinch hitter. So Boone said he's pretty sore the last couple of days, dealing with lower lower body stuff and travel. They asked him if it refers to his feet, his knees, his hamstrings, and he said probably a little bit of it. I think he's just beat up on the trip. He's been out there a lot. Yeah, man's been out there a lot. Starting April 10th, which is when he came back from his last minor injury, Judge played in 16 straight games, but there were two off days in that span. So now, in the year 2020, this is where we are with baseball players. We're in 2021. 2021. (laughs) This is where we are with baseball players that playing 16 out of 18 days constitutes being out there a lot. And it's going to make you sore. It is what it is. They're, they're clearly going to give him these days. So whether we think that it's Aaron judge asking for these days, or if he's just being way too frank and honest with any trainer, and then they're flagging things. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he seems still very much healthy. He's playing in the games. The thing is, stuff, his numbers whatever. overall it's, this year look pretty good. And yes. after he came back from that last soreness, he did play 16 straight games, which is good. Yes. But now he's sore again. And the Yankee strategy seems to be, okay, we're not going to have him push through the soreness. We're going to sit him down for two, three days. And hopefully the soreness goes away. And we don't have to put him on the IL. And you know what? If that if that gets him to a point where he can play a hundred and 40 games would that even be doable at this rate maybe what was my what was my over what was my uh i think i had was it 140 it was close to that uh with, was one uh, of your over unders or was one of your predictions well, no, one of my Judge? um one of my predictions was him going out and uh and capturing that that mvp that looks really good right now with mike trout doing what he's doing 
But um, well, so so here, but here's was, what there I, was a qualifier for the amount of games, and I, yeah, I said that they would do this type of stuff. Um, but he would play. I want to say it was 140. I got to look back. If this gets him to 140 games this year, then you know what? That's really good, and that's that's good on them for for coming up with this strategy. But I'm not convinced this is going to keep him off the IL. Of course not, because none of this actually has any proven data to say that it's going to work. Because it's the human body, and nobody has any idea. All it's it's just like them thinking, okay, like let's he's sore, let's give him a day to I was, know, get through that soreness. I was talking with Nick Kirby, uh, George's box. Uh, I said 140 on, on games. I'm looking at my notes right now. I said 50 home runs, 140 games. Mm-hmm. So I I was talking with Nick Kirby on Twitter, and we were just like bitching about how there's just players don't play every day like they used to. And it's like, I feel like now we've reached the age where it's like old man yelling at cloud back in my day. They used to play every day and walk uphill in the snow. And I just looked at the last time the Yankees won a championship and Robinson Cano played every day. Mark Deshera, 156 games. Melky Cabrera, 154. Derek Jeter, 153. Nick Swisher, 150. Johnny Damon, 143. Hideki Matsui, 142. A-Rod, 124, but he missed the first month with hip surgery. And Jorge Posada, a 38-year-old catcher, played 111 games. The last time the Yankees won a World Series, you knew every freaking day who was going to be out there in the starting nine players. Now, with off days and load management and all this stuff, you just don't anymore. And I and I go back to that. Do you remember when Paul O'Neill on the broadcast, I think this was like a week ago, he was saying, you know, I was looking through looking through players, games played, and you got uh, you got um Mike Trout played every team game this year. And you got you got Juan Soto every team game this year, and you got Mookie Betts every team game this year. And he went down the list of like, if you want to call the top fifteen or twenty, he didn't do that many, but top ten players in baseball, and they all played almost every day. So it's not like it's impossible; it just might be impossible for this Yankees roster. We're on number three of uh, of the first five, and I think we've been doing this for a half hour. We're we're really good at talking a short amount of time. Number four. <laughs> the Yankees fundamentals are dog shit. They suck. They're they suck so <laughs> badly, so badly that it's embarrassing to watch. I, I, we can't talk about this for that much, that long, because I'm just going to get really angry. And I, I don't, I don't want to get really angry right now. But when you watch them and just watching Tyler Wade try to freaking bunt today was, was, it, was an embarrassment. The fact that Tyler Wade can't bunt, it just, just proves to you how, how fundamentals and this Yankees team that does not matter doesn't they exist. They don't put any stock in fundamentals at all. Zero. It's a shame. Zero. Because it's how they're going to lose eventually. They will lose of because of this. Because you yes. lose October baseball Clint when you Frazier have your head up your ass with a ground standing on second base. There were no outs, right? I think there were no outs. Standing on a, second, no, yeah, it was it was a leadoff double, yeah. and the reason he got thrown out at third on a short a grounder shortstop is because he's still thinking about his double when the ball's hit. Ball's in front of him to the shortstop. He's on second base and he just runs to third. Like he's like, he's invisible. Does he think he's invisible? Uh, Maybe he thought there was a shift on and there was no shortstop. I don't know. Yankees have made 13 outs on the bases this season, 13 outs in, in less than a month of baseball. It's unacceptable. The Monday night thing with judge running them out of an inning, Clint Frazier, running them out of an inning basically because you have a leadoff double and then you make the first out at third base. Yeah, it's absolutely unacceptable. And, and, then, it, and then even you go go a little deeper on fundamentals. When you have a center fielder that's supposed to have a, you know, a rocket arm, how many times do we hear about the 108 miles per hour for Aaron Hicks? 
Dude, that yeah, was yeah, 2016. That, that guy, that guy, that guy ain't here no more. That guy is no, no longer in center field. But he's got His Bernie Williams arm right now. Yeah, yeah. He, he looks like Chad Pennington throwing across the middle. Like there's no possible way that this guy could throw anybody out. That was not a deep fly ball. There should have been a play at the plate. It was a medium fly ball. Camped You're not asking it. for him to nail the runner at home. Just don't have it sail up the third base line on a lollipop. Like I'm asking him to nail the runner at home. I'm asking him to nail the runner. You're at home. asking but, for but there in to order be a play. to do that. But in order to do that, you have to actually throw it to the catcher to have any opportunity, whether it's late or not. In order for you to throw that guy out, you you got to throw it to the person that's waiting for the ball to tag the other guy, and that can't be done when you throw it into the dugout. <laughs> <laughs> the last one, I don't know how long this is going to take, but it's something I noticed. Michael King keeps pitching well, and the Yankees keep sending him back to the alternate site. This is now three relief appearances, 11 total scoreless innings, and the moment the game ends every time, they send him back to the alternate site. I understood the first one because he pitched six innings. He wasn't going to be available again for five days. But the last two times out, he's only pitched three and then two innings. Presumably, he could be available again soon, but now he's back in alternate site, and he's actually... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed looking pretty good. He's becoming the Swiss army knife. I predicted last year and they keep sending him back to the alternate site. Yeah. It's, it's strange how they're using him right now because after he only threw for two wings and I'm very much a mop up duty, like it was a throw day or something for him. And he, that's why he's in, uh, he gets sent back down and maybe that's the case. Maybe they're continue. They're trying to keep him stretched out and he's on a weird schedule right now. I don't know. And, uh, it may align for the triple a start of the season, right? That's coming up very, very soon. May 4th week, so. is the AAA start. So I don't know. Maybe they're trying to do something there. But we, the one thing that we did know walking into this season, or at least that we we, we thought very, uh, very uh, securely and we were confident about this, is that they were going to use that number five starting spot and, and you know, rotate guys in and out. And that, that's kind of what they're doing. Herman, I know we'll, we'll, we'll discuss in a, in a bit, has looked good as of late. But again, so has Michael King. So... I don't uh, I don't know exactly what they're doing. It just seems like they're they're managing the time with his arm. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area, and it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. 
Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash bronx21. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash bronx21. One more time, betterhelp.com slash bronx21. Okay, looking ahead, number one, do not suck on the homestand. The last time the Yankees had a homestand and they played Tampa, we were expecting them to be able to fight back, not at the trot, still against your division uh, opponent, division rival, some would say, and they were terrible. They were terrible. The Rays kicked their ass, and now they're going back home for a nine-game set, uh, starting off with the worst team in baseball, the Detroit Tigers, with the cheating uh, manager. Oh, and by the way, right after that, the uh, the the manager's former team, who actually cheated, is coming into town to uh, to play the Yankees on May the fourth. the The day that is unfortunately we had uh, a lot of tickets reserved in right yeah. field, but those tickets are not available. So we were supposed to have that first game, that Tuesday game against the Astros in right field with an entire screaming section yelling at the Astros. It was going to be fun. We were going to be able to wear really dumb costumes because it was May the 4th. It was Star Wars Day. There was a lot of things that were going to be leading us to drinking a lot of beer on a Tuesday. And now that can be excuse to get drunk on a weeknight. Yeah. Worst. You're starting out with Detroit, the worst team in the American League by every statistical category, pretty much. You got to sweep that series starting out at home. No excuses to not sweep the the Detroit Tigers. The number two thing is I want to know, and this is going to come in Herman's next start, which will probably come Tuesday against Houston that you just mentioned. Is Herman actually improved or has he just faced two really bad teams his last two times out? Because he pitched against Cleveland. He pitched well, especially after that first inning, which was rough. Cleveland is third to last in the league in OPS plus. Then he went out and faced Baltimore and threw seven shutout innings. He didn't give up a hit until the fifth inning. He looked filthy, but Baltimore's offense is worse than the Cleveland Indians. They rank second to last in OPS plus. The only team that's worse than those two teams is Detroit, who the Yankees have to sweep. So we will find out, hopefully, next start against Houston, not a sucky offensive team, if Domingo Herman has actually figured something out and maybe recaptured first half 2019 form. All right. Well, yes, that'll be, especially against Houston in that first game. Definitely want to see him, uh, him, him pitch well against that team. Cannot drop that first game. Don't like that. Don't like that one bit. And I hope that people that are at Yankee stadium for that first game, give them hell. Absolute hell. Our uh, number three struggling hitters are starting to potentially break out. Is this actually a real thing? It might be. Glaber, this, some would say you could get into the Hall of Fame if you bat 10 for 31 and you do that for 10, 10 to 20 years. If you do that for a long period of time and you are a 300 hitter, you very well might be able to get into Cooperstown. Possible. <laughs> yeah, so he, he is 10 for his last 31, which is uh, night and day to what he was before those last 31 at-bats. And he had a huge hit, biggest hit of the season for him, game time tying double in the ninth inning. 
on Thursday. It's a shame it bounced over the fence because that's probably a go-ahead double if it doesn't right. become a ground rule double. Um, so that's great. Stanton is I, look good. Stanton has looked look good. good. Seven Didn't runs. look good in that ninth Six inning, though. Struck out on a terrible, you know, bad yeah. at bat in the ninth inning right before Glaber, but he's 13 for his last 31 on a seven-game hitting streak. So, uh, it's a weird stat on Stanton. Uh, I saw this on Twitter. I, for, I forget who tweeted. I think it was uh, one of the stat people. Nine for 19 with a double and a that's, home that's run. That's a really good call out. <laughs> so, this, this, this stat was tweeted out by one of the stat people. The Yes Network stat people. I'm, I'm drawing a okay. blank on, on who it is. Got it. John Carlos Stanton is nine for th- 19 with a double and a homer in the four game series in Baltimore, but he only drove in one run. So it's just like, go, I don't know. What does that tell you? Like, what RBIs? does that tell you? That tells you that the rest of the team is dog shit and there's nobody on base to drive in. Yeah. Or he had an opportunity in the ninth inning and he whiffed. And yeah. then Clint, but, I mean, we're seeing hard hit balls all over the field, not just home runs, but he's making good contact. He's squaring up the ball. He's barreling up that bitch yep. and, and he's hitting good the ball stuff. hard. Number so, two. He's yeah. the number two hitter right now. I would, I would, I would, uh, I would keep him there. Clint Frazier, he changed up his stance slightly. They talked about this on today's broadcast. His foot is not basically pointed back at the catcher anymore. It's more just a natural position, and he's slightly more uh, open in his stance than closed. I don't want he doesn't have, you know, 10 for 30 or anything like that, but he did have two extra base hits on Wednesday. And like glimpses, I said, glimpses. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, a meatball. Uh, batting practice uh, fastball that he hit out of the park, which was fine. You, that's what you should do with that ball. So at least he's taking that opportunity. And he hit uh, a ball right to him the and he's wall it over today. The fence. He had a ball today to right field. He hit right to the wall and it, it was yeah. caught at the wall. So the uh, next one, number four, when is Aaron Hicks going to get benched? Because I think I've seen enough and I think a lot of people have seen enough. 139 batting average on the season, 499 OPS. He has an OPS below 500, which is just so embarrassing 0 for 4 on Thursday and his defense is no longer elite so when is he going to get benched I why do we have to have this conversation about every single player on the Yankees it's so freaking old already and it's only we're not even in May yet he looks so bad and and not only does he look bad but he's being look he's a switch hitter I get it I understand that but he cannot bat from the left side like at all. He's not good. That's good. The Yankees don't need any left-handed hitters. Right. So, I mean, at this point, (laughs) Ruggie Odor is going to bat first, second, third, fourth, fifth, all over the lineup just to break up those righties. At this point, even though he's quote a switch hitter and he's done it in the past, he's not doing it right now. So, you know, let's just end that experiment for, for the time being, get, get back on a path here. This just goes back to the Yankees being like so freaking hardheaded about the, their approach. And not changing things up and just be like, oh, got to keep going. Got to keep doing the same thing over and over again until it changes back to the way it was before. And it's just not changing. It's just not changing. The approach is the same. And it's 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 mind-numbing. I've used that phrase way too much, way too frequently. His uh, at-bats from the left side are just downright They're horrible. pitiful. It's, 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 he's not a competitive major league no. hitter from the left side. No. Last one. And this is this is good news. And to be honest, like the entire pitching staff has been good. I, I'd say overall, especially when we're looking at what's happening on the offensive side of the ball. The Shout out Higgy the, for turning the pitching staff around. The pitching is the pitching staff is not the problem. <laughs> Can Corey Kluber back up that good start? Because he looked very good. He, he did. did look like it's not vintage Corey Kluber, but it was you know it was closer According to it the was, New York Post. It was Cy Young Kluber. He got deep into a game. He he uh, looked like he was controlling the game, 
And that's what you want to see. He's been talking about the fact that he was close. He's been saying he, he was leaning on that. He had said that in the past that he felt like he was close. He definitely had the ability to go deeper into the game. I was shocked when he came back out for the seventh inning. I was um, too. But it's like, why, why are we, why are we pushing it with Kluber? There this is the first time he went. Oh, good. Push it. I want, I, I, I tweeted more, more. I want, I want as much as, as humanly possible from every starting pitcher. If I see them pitching well, I want them to change their goddamn ways. It was, they, but the, he's the going out for the go seventh, ahead. Runs were on base. Fine. Change it. Do it. If he's going well, let him stay in the game. I don't care. It's going to burn us a couple of times, but it's going to be good things happening a lot of times too. Keep I mean, it. it worked, but I don't know that I agree. I didn't agree with it at the time. It's not, right. it's not because I don't, uh, it's not this philosophy of must take them out third time through the order, must do this after a hundred pitches. It was just, I hadn't seen anything out of Corey Kluber leading up to the start to, to warrant pushing him. I understand he looked good in this start. He pushed him. Maybe that'll have, we'll reap the rewards of that in the next 10 starts from now. I don't know that. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. Uh, again, uh, Baltimore's terrible, so that was the only caveat in there. So bad team, bad offense. Good Corey Kluber. Doesn't seem like that's a guy that needs to build on much, except for physical, how you feel yeah. physically and how you're executing your pitches. That's all I care about Corey Kluber. He doesn't care about what the other team is. He doesn't get mental victories. I just think that guy just needs to feel it and then execute it, and that's when we'll see he's back. It's not that difficult. It's not that hard to, to see when he's back. All right, so the last thing I want to... Uh, ask you leave this episode with uh is we discussed on monday that the cleveland series maybe was the wake-up call that they needed they took three out of four even though they didn't look fantastic they still took three out of four on the road and and potentially woke up does this four game split with baltimore change your mind not really because i still think they're playing better to be i mean again looking at the way that they've played in the past they're definitely swinging the bat more they're scoring more runs i'm definitely going to win that over bet looking like uh, into the season, into Detroit, or as, when we play Detroit, when Detroit comes in, they should be hitting the ball well. Um, we're seeing guys that are, like we said, coming over, you know, getting over that schneid, starting to swing the bat a little bit better. So I, I do expect that to continue. Um, and yes, they should have won that the game again. They should have won Monday, or not should have won Monday. They should have won Thursday. There if, was a, if, there was a, if if that ball doesn't get if that ball does not go over the fence in a ground rule double, they probably win that game. Okay, yeah, um, what I was going to say about Monday is not that they should have won, but who knows if Judge just parks his ass at second base, then who knows what happens next. Who knows what happens, right. Some yeah. some stupid shit, but that was a game that definitely is like a hello uh, moment more so than anything. Like that was more the moment than anything of like rock bottom. Not a motivational moment because Aaron Boone was yelling and and acting like a little bitch. You see no, our no, old that friend was more Joe Girardi like get bottom moment. Like what are we doing? What are we doing moment? that could turn something around. So hopefully they took it as that, not really a motivational thing. That's not how I'm seeing it. That's not how I'm going to spin that narrative. I will never, ever, ever give him credit for changing the season. Just so we know when we're looking back at if that was it, it will never, in my opinion, ever, ever, ever be about him yelling. It'll be about him yelling, which was part of the rock bottom. Yeah, it's going to be Higgy that turned the season around. Higgy's back up catching the season around. So play Higgy more and you win more games. Isn't that the the recipe here? Did, uh, Did you see Girardi? Eject the umpire from the game the other night. <laughs> I am missing Girardi so much lately. And uh, when I saw Bryce Harper guy hit the face. Is he more jacked now? Does Girardi get more jacked? He just, he's like cut down. I think he's, he's definitely like, I don't think he's more jacked. I think he's just like cutting the body fat now. So it looks it. Look, looks the good. guy, the guy is a specimen. <laughs> he looks uh, good. I, I miss him. I, I didn't think I would ever say it. 
Um, not that uh-huh. he ever had like bad things. There was always just like, un- there was always frustrations. We with always him, were like, oh, there's sure there got to be, be better managers manager out there. But yeah, he's a baseball guy. That's the biggest thing. I miss the baseball guy. And uh, yeah, I seeing him carry about and back up Didi after Didi got drilled in the ribs. I miss Didi and I miss Girardi badly <laughs> after watching that. So yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for the Friday Fives. I enjoyed this one. And uh, let's see. You sweep the Detroit Tigers. They stink like eggs. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.